Let's talk money with Mary Holm. Hi there. Hi, Jesse. Did you have a nice summer? Lovely, thanks. I went down the West Coast. Did you? Yeah. Tell me about that. Very beautiful and wonderful history down there. You're quite good at switching off, aren't you? Uh, yeah, like reasonably. Unplugging, unplugging I think so, boards, yeah. yeah. And places like Black Ball, where they've got all the history on boards that you can just go and read. It's it's amazing place. It's really... And we did a lot of swimming, hot pools, rivers, lakes, did and you? the sea. Yeah, uh-huh. and all of them, yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it was wonderful. I've got one question that came out of my travels mm. around there. We ate at a lot of, you know, cheaper restaurants. And I want to know why in cheaper restaurants, if you buy a glass of wine... You get quite a lot of wine for, for six dollars, whereas in the you know these upmarket places in Auckland, you buy a glass of wine for three times six dollars, and you get about a third of as much wine. You know, you get a proper glass of wine. Yeah. In in some of these ethnic, cheaper ethnic restaurants like Chinese or Indian or whatever. Yeah. I'll give you a glass of red for six bucks, and it's not bad wine. And I I'm just over in the expensive restaurants when you pay amazing, $15, eh? 18 and you yeah. get one inch of wine yeah. in the bottom. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I hope they're not uh, eroding their profits by maybe... Do you think they understand how much wine they're putting into the glass, what I the standard pour is? It'd be interesting to see... Because you get up to 250 mils in one of those wine glasses, couldn't you? Yes, that's, yes I guess so, yeah. It's like three glasses yeah. per bottle. You're going to get through it pretty fast. It's, it'd be neat if a restaurant owner could write to you and defend that practice of putting one inch in the bottom of a glass <laughs> and charging a lot of money for it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Mary's always watching her money. That's her... Uh... <laughs> oh, that sounds horrible. Not always. No, she's but... not tight. But, she, you know, it's little things like that that can add up. And she uh, comes in every couple of weeks to um, to give us her expertise on um, on the money questions that affect us all. And the one thing that a lot of New Zealanders have in common, common when it comes to investments is KiwiSaver. And you've been hearing from people who are getting worried yeah. as the share markets go down around the world and their KiwiSaver balance follows. Yes. even... Caitlin, your producer, mm. said she's feeling a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, lots of people have been saying stuff to me over the last few weeks, and I thought I've got to get in on the first session here before the market tanks. I mean, it could any day, or it might not. It might not for years. But, you know, people are kind of more worried about the market now because there have been quite a few ups and downs mm. in the last few months. And people can make very bad moves when the share market goes down fast, i.e. bailing out. So, yeah, so we've got a couple of letters from listeners on that topic that we can look at and sort of hopefully explain the whole thing through some examples. And then there's also a couple of other letters about KiwiSaver that have come in over the last month month or two. Great, let's do that. Let's answer some uh, listener letters. This one's on whether to switch funds when your balance falls. Is it a good idea asks Sue, to move KiwiSaver funds to the most conservative fund at the moment for a short term while the income from KiwiSaver is trending downwards. I'm in a balanced fund and I'm 63. My daughter's in a balanced growth fund and she's 28 and both of our funds have lost value in the last month or so. Uh, Could we please have a comment for both age groups? Yeah, now, I mean, my basic message on this is that people should be ignoring the markets, actually not taking much notice at all. If you're in KiwiSaver and if you feel you can't ignore what's going on, you need to get into a position where you can ignore it. And that means 
either if you're going to be spending that KiwiSaver money within the next few years, you should be, let's say, three to four years, either because you're approaching retirement or buying a first home, then you should move your money into a low-risk KiwiSaver fund, either the very lowest risk, which is cash funds, or the second to lowest, which are usually called conservative funds, because you don't want the market to just plunge right before you're going to take your money out. No. So do that now if you're if you're in that situation. If you're in a default fund, that that qualifies as a conservative fund, so you so you're okay. Um, beyond that, if you're not planning to spend the money within the next few years, then and especially if you've got ten years or more, then it's really good to be in one of the higher risk funds. Mm. Um, and your balance will go down when the markets go down. And what you must do is just do nothing about it. Just hang about there and it'll come back up again. Sometimes it takes quite a while to come back up, but that's why we're saying we want you to have 10 years in hand, really, ideally, if you're in one of the higher mm. risk funds. In a middle-level balanced fund, you might be between sp- planning to spend the money from between, say, 3 and 10 years mm-hmm. from now. So that's the key thing. But if your personality is such that you really do panic, I, the thing is, I think a lot of people, it's not so much their personality as their lack of knowledge. Mm. They, they're they not necessarily scaredy cats, but they just don't really understand what, what the whole situation is and get really worried. I've had so many people say to me, "My, you know, I've lost lost $5,000 in my KiwiSaver account or whatever in, in the last few months. You haven't lost it. It's, the balance has gone down. But as long as you hang in there and stay, stick stick around for, you know, it might take a year. It might even take, sometimes recoveries take two or three years, sometimes only a matter of weeks. It's, it really varies, but they will come back again. Mm. And, and, and in the long run, you'll get more growth by putting up with that volatility. Um, but if you really are a scaredy cat, if it's not just that you don't understand about the markets, you really just can't cope with that, then move to a lower risk one mm. now, not when the market goes down, because that's when you're um, making that loss real. If you, you know, if the, if the markets go down and then you move your money to a low risk at that point, then you've actually have made a real loss. Mm. If you do it now. So uh, move you if you want to, but move from a position of understanding, not don't yeah. move because you don't understand. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Make yeah. sure you're informed. And I encourage people not to move. Try, you know, try and be brave. Um, um, one thing you can do, n- not everyone realises this, is put your money in more than one KiwiSaver fund. Mm. You've got to be with the same provider. But if you're feeling nervous, but you think, oh, I'd like to see if I can cope with this volatility, maybe ask them to transfer half your money into a lower risk fund and leave half of it in the high one, mm. and then you won't feel quite so panicky when, not if, but when the markets go down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that would be particularly true um, uh, for Sue's daughter. Sue's daughter really doesn't yes. need to worry about it. She's at only twenty eight, unless she has um, a first home in her future. That's right. In which, which she might want to protect her yeah, money. Yeah, mm. if she's planning to do it. Whereas Sue, who is sixty three. If she's planning to spend that KiwiSaver money when she turns 65 or soon after, then she's currently in a balanced fund. Mm. So she's in a middle-level one. I would suggest if she's within about three years of spending it, she might want to move down to a lower-risk one. Um, but if she's not planning to spend it for another 10 years, say, and that's quite common, you know, just because she's able to spend it doesn't mm. mean she will, then... Um, 
hang in there if you can. Don't do where she suggests moving the money um, to a more conservative fund for a short term while the income from KiwiSaver is trending down, is what she said in her letter. Mucking around like that, trying to move your money around for a while and then back in again, that's called timing the markets, and it nearly everybody does really badly by doing it. It's, mm. it's not a good idea. It's stressful as well, but it's also not smart. So the, the moral there is, listeners, move your money between KiwiSaver funds if you're moving it to get into the right fund for you, yep. but don't move it based on what the markets are That's doing. That's right, yes. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah, good summary. Here's another letter <laughs> yeah. on whether to move KiwiSaver money to turn deposits in retirement. Um, the background says this uh, listener, uh, they're retired, married, living on a pension in a mortgage-free home. They've got 76000 in their KiwiSaver untouched, and the partner has 58000 Now, my KiwiSaver in the last six months earned $1,070 after fees in a balanced account. I've swapped to a conservative fund recently due to a fear of recession from a Trump-initiated trade war. I went to interest.co.nz to compare what my KiwiSaver had earned compared to current bank interest rates, and what I found surprised me, several one-year term deposits paid more than my KiwiSaver. Now, my prediction is that interest rates will slowly rise. Gary asks, why shouldn't I withdraw my KiwiSaver and deposit in a bank for 12 months and, and maybe ongoing? Yeah, so so Gary recently moved to Conservative, um, and that might be a good idea if he's planning to spend the money fairly soon, as I just explained before. Um, that could be a move. Um, good move. In any case, um, he sounds like he might be a bit nervous about the whole thing, so it might be a good move for psychological reasons. Mm-hmm. In, in any case, when he starts comparing bank term deposits and returns and KiwiSaver, sometimes you'll find that the bank term deposits will do better and sometimes you'll find they'll do worse. And um, because because even conservative KiwiSaver funds, not the very lowest level cash funds, or sometimes called defensive funds, but the next level up are the conservative ones, and they do hold some bonds, and the value of those can go down. And so you will sometimes see low returns, lower than term deposits, and sometimes even possibly slightly negative returns in a conservative fund. But... You know, sometimes the bank term deposits are going to do better. Sometimes the KiwiSaver fund's going to do better. I wouldn't necessarily move your money, Gary. The the big negative about term deposits is you tied the cash, tied the money up. You can't get it in, without penalty until the term expires. Whereas in the KiwiSaver, you can get it out any time. So I wouldn't. It's kind of six of one, half a dozen of another. If you're in retirement, planning to spend the money fairly soon, whether you leave it in a conservative or cash KiwiSaver fund or whether you put it in bank term deposits, sometimes one will work out to be better, sometimes another, and there's no real way to predict. He At least that, you know, know what you're getting with a term deposit, right? That's absolutely true. That, that's a really good point, and, and a lot of people might like that. And as long as they know that they're tying the money up, and, you know, they can always tie some of it up for only one or two months and some for a longer period mm. so that they've got access to some of it coming through. So, yeah, you know, it's, it, it is a bit of a six and one half a dozen of the other okay. situation, that one. Yeah. Uh, what, what is cash in a cash investment, by the way? Is it, is it something like a term deposit? A ca- KiwiSaver cash fund, yeah, they, it's a fund that invests basically in bank term deposits mm. and maybe some government bonds, a few very conservative investments. Yeah. 
Um, so, so you'd expect to be similar. expect it to be about the same as yeah, deposit. Yeah, you would. As you say, sometimes higher, sometimes lower. Yeah. Um, here's another letter. We're talking to Mary Holm, by the way, personal finance expert. How the self-employed can make the most of KiwiSaver. Uh, I feel the area of KiwiSaver and self-employment is often neglected when the KiwiSaver discussions had, and I must admit I'm struggling to see the benefits of contributing to the scheme while self-employed. As a female, I already felt financially disadvantaged through pay inequality. Then as a mother, I chose to take a year off paid work when I had each of my children. My KiwiSaver took a significant hit with each period of leave and then never really regained much momentum when they only returned to paid work part-time. I have now chosen to become self-employed, so I now don't have the benefit of employer contributions. I've watched my husband's KiwiSaver blossom and... While I accept that I've actively made these choices, I wonder what advice you'd have for the self-employed to ensure that I'm not further disadvantaged by my employment options, asks Caroline. Good letter. Yeah, yes, poor Caroline. She's she's feeling a bit hard done by. Um, I don't totally accept that the self-employed are ignored. They might be by some people. They're not by me when I'm talking QSA because I'm a self-employed. You might be too, mm. Jessie. And... Um, so, you know, we do, I always try to keep them in mind as well. Um, but the KiwiSaver isn't as good a deal for the self-employed because, as Caroline points out, you don't get employer contributions. Um, and so, But you still do get the, the tax credit, which is 50 cents for every dollar you put in. So if you put in 1,043 a year, the government will put 521 in. That is still a really big boost for people's savings. Increasing your savings by that much means it's still very hard to beat that in any other investment. Um, One other suggestion, though, for Caroline is, um, well, not so much for her now, perhaps, because she's back into self-employment, but she's saying she watches her husband's KiwiSaver blossoming while she's taking time off to look after children. Um, And I suggest Caroline has a wee chat with her husband and asks him if perhaps... Some, you know, he could be helping to contribute to her KiwiSaver as well as his, uh, just to keep that balance going a little bit more positively. Because after all, she's making huge contributions to the family in other ways. Yeah. Okay. But to keep at it, Caroline, it's still worth being in. How do I tell if, or how do you tell if your fund is low risk or high risk? Reese says that he regularly hears Mary Holm telling us about KiwiSaver particularly referring to default funds and high-growth funds and so on. Next time she's on, can you please get her to explain how I find out which fund is which? Yeah, good good basic question from Reese. that was. Um, the, the, the easiest way I can think to help people get a grasp of which funds are which is to go to the KiwiSaver Fund Finder on the sorted website and... On the right-hand side there, you'll see in blue writing what we mean by types of funds. And if you click on that, it gives you a good explanation. They use, in that fund finder, they use five different types of funds. The lowest risk one they call defensive, which is basically a cash fund that we were talking about a minute ago. Next one is conservative, which is still pretty low risk then balanced which is in the middle and invests in some shares and some bonds and some cash it's a a mixture and then we've got growth which is largely shares and property but not fully and then what what they call aggressive funds which are 
nearly 100% in shares and property. So you've got those five different ones. Um, if you want to know, many pe- many of the KiwiSaver funds have got those words in their titles. It'll be, you know, BNZ's Conservative Fund or um, ASB's Aggressive Fund mm. or, or whatever. They, they've got those names in the in the... In their title, but sometimes they call themselves something else a little bit different. So, what you can do on the KiwiSaver Fund Finder is click on Check Your Current Fund and just type in the name of the fund, and up it will come. And at the top, it'll tell you what type of fund it is and what oh, type of investments okay. it's got. Yeah, that, and if you then, that's, a, that's assuming you know which one you're in. Well, that's a good point. Mm. And, and if you don't, um, they will be mailing or emailing you statements. They've got to do that every quarter. So just have a look at what's been coming. Ordering IRD. Yeah, with, I was just yes. helping a friend out with this actually, and um, we logged into her um, into her KiwiSaver provider, yeah, which was Aon A O N N S. Uh, and even on her front page, once we'd logged in and we were looking at her fund, it still didn't say which fund she was in. Really? We had to go up to the top right, which was settings, and then go on to manage my fund, and only then we could see oh, what she had. So it wasn't obvious. No, that's not very good communication <laughs> on Aon's part, you'd have to say. Yeah. yeah, there There is an IRD number. I haven't got it with me right here, but um, if you go onto the IRD website and have a look at... Um, probably just if you ring their general number, they will at least tell you which number to ring. Mm-hmm. You've got to have your IID number at hand when you ring them, but if you do that, they can tell you which KiwiSaver fund you're in. Okay. So it, it is really important for people to understand which one they're in and what risk level they're at. Okay, here's another letter for Mary from Rupert. Please ask Mary to explain the unit value of the KiwiSaver units how does it work, and how is it that it can go below the value of your dollar for dollar savings investments? Yeah, now that second sentence, I think what Rupert means there is, can your balance go below what you've put in? And the answer to that is yes, it can. Um, over the years, you know, when the markets go down, especially if you're in a higher-risk fund, your balance can go below the amount, total amount you've put in. But his main question is about the unit values and, and KiwiSaver units. And, yeah, the, every fund, every KiwiSaver fund is broken down into tiny little tiny little pieces called units. And so when you invest in the fund, you buy a certain number of units. And they might, you know, when the fund started out, they might have been worth, say, $1 each. And, but the, the value of those units will go up and down with the value of the whole fund, you know. They, mm. And so... It's not something to really worry too much about. When you're, you're putting your money, your dollars into KiwiSaver and you're buying units with that money, but the the provider will still tell you how much you've got in, in dollar terms. They'll, they'll translate the units into dollars. I don't know whether I'm making this sound even more confusing, no. but um, don't worry too much about it. The, the fact is you're buying units in nearly all KiwiSaver funds, but you're still just putting dollars in, and that, it, it's just like a bank account, really, okay. in that it's way. It's like a share in the KiwiSaver fund, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's, yeah, that's a good way to put it, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and a final letter from Kerry, who's asking about contributions and tax. With the employer's contributions, why are they paid after tax is deducted? 
Now contributions are paid before tax is taken out. Shouldn't it be the same? Both come out before the PAYE tax is deducted. Yes, fair enough question, Kerry. And interestingly enough, that used to be what happened in the early days of KiwiSaver until the savings working group, which I was actually on, came along and suggested that, that they start taking the tax out of employer contributions. And that was basically because... KiwiSaver was costing the government too much. You know, far too many people, far, well, far, not, I shouldn't say too many, but far more people than was expected got into KiwiSaver from the word go and in the early years. And the government was saying, help, help, we just can't fund all of this. And since then, they've done things like take away the um, kickstart and, and, and in other ways made it a bit cheaper for the government than mm. it used to be. Um, and one of those ways is that employer contributions, there's a tax taken out of that money before it hits your KiwiSaver account. So those contributions are smaller than the other contributions. If anyone who's listening thinks that's not fair, the government shouldn't be doing that, remember that the government is actually taxpayers, it's all of us. So in KiwiSaver, those of us who are members are getting money from us as taxpayers to us as KiwiSaver members. And you've got to remember there are people who aren't in KiwiSavers, you know, some who are too old to have ever joined, etc., or have other reasons not to be in there, you know, who could argue why should the taxpayers be paying more than they already do. Mm. So they're taking tax out of employer contributions so it doesn't cost the government quite as much. Okay. Could I have a, a, a minute? Uh, Phil would like you to explain to listeners the advantages of dollar cost averaging. Is a minute long enough for you to Whoa. do that? <laughs> That's a really good question, and I think it's best to leave it till next time because okay. it does take um, a bit. It, in short, it, it helps. It works because you're putting the same amount of money into KiwiSaver every time, you know, say 3% of your salary, regardless of what happens in the markets. But it's a good question, so let's make that part of okay. the next session. And thank you for your. Uh uh, other questions that have come in, 2101 is a text number, but we're out of time with Mary Holm this week. Thanks for coming in. It's a pleasure, Jesse. Hope that's reassured you, everyone. If you came in late, the beginning of the chat was about why you shouldn't change your fund, your Kiwi sta- the, the style of KiwiSaver fund you're in, uh, just because the market's going down or because you think it's about to go down. So if you missed that, that's the most important message from Mary today. Don't change your KiwiSaver fund. If you want to know why... You'll have to go back and listen. Uh, You can find Mary Holmes' uh, fortnightly chats on our podcast page and you can subscribe to them too, which means they'll appear uh, whenever we have a new one and you can listen at at a time which suits you.